Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell live with the first news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, January 4th, 2020. I'm still kind of on my little vacation. Um, I'm not going to start blogging until next week, but I did want to get in a happy new year news and views concerning the asteroid apocalypse <laughs> that is fast approaching. But anyway, um, before we get to that, I want to let everybody know that the new vid chat schedule is on the website. We will be having vid chats this month on January 17th and again on January 31st. I've also uh, put up the, um, the schedule for February. Um, so the two months vid chat schedules are already up there. And of course, I just start and the mailman comes and my canine home security unit starts to bark. <laughs> anyway, uh, bon année, Monsieur uh, Poulain. Anyway, um, it's, uh, it's been an interesting vacation for me because all of you sent a lot of really, really good articles over the vacation. And uh, I want to talk about one of them. This this one was sent by uh, MW and EG. We'll just call these individuals that. And uh, I like this. This was published on December 27th, a couple days after Christmas, by a gentleman named Michael Schneider. I want to read you some parts of his article because it's very thought-provoking and uh, provide my own little uh, take on it. But before we get to that, I want you to go back to about 2012 or so and to the Chelyabinsk meteor incident. And I've referred to this several times in my blogs. Remember the meteor that came in over the Russian city of Chelyabinsk? Uh, it's a city of about a million people. It is uh, and was a part of the Soviet Union's nuclear weapons uh, production and testing and, and experimental uh, facilities. So it has a large nuclear industry in that part of Russia. And approximately a month before, you will recall that the Russian Prime Minister Dmitry Medvedev was on Russian TV. And he was talking about the need for the planet to set up an asteroid detection and defense system and he also stated two other very interesting things. Number one, if Russia could not get the international community to go along with and build out such a system, that Russia would have to do as much as it could on its own to protect itself. And then secondly, when he was asked, well, how are we going to take out asteroids? His comment was, well, we can use our thermonuclear missiles or other technologies to take this out. And there's another context I want to, um, yeah, I'm smoking, I'm smoking one of my homemade cigarettes here, folks. Uh, but the other interesting bit of context I also want you to bear in mind is that around the same time, a Russian and American satellite collided. And at the time, I and some others were pointing out that Russia or, and the United States do not orbit satellites, so they'll collide into each other. So in other words, our speculation at the time was, was that someone pushed them together, all right? So somebody has some sophisticated technology. I want to think 
of both of these contexts. Now, I want to read a few paragraphs from Mr. Snyder's article. I'll, I'll link his article so that you can read the whole thing. Uh, but this is very interesting. So here we go. Quote, when the Russians take decisive action, it is usually for a reason. As you will see below, the Russians have suddenly decided that now is the time to create an organization that will be tasked with detecting, tracking, and potentially destroying incoming asteroids. Well, again, it's not so sudden because Dmitry Medvedev a few years ago said much the same thing. Are they doing this now because they have finally decided that this is a good idea or has something got their attention? Of course, they are not likely to publicly admit if they have come to the conclusion that a gigantic space rock is heading directly toward us. Just like the U.S. government, the Russian government is very interested in maintaining social order, and so they would probably delay telling the public about a potential asteroid impact for as long as possible. In life, what people do is far more important than what they say, and the new center that the Russians have just created will not be watching just giant space rocks. According to Futurism, this new organization will be in charge of making sure they don't collide with the Earth. The Russian space agency Roscosmos is creating a center devoted to monitoring meteors, comets, and asteroids to ensure that they don't collide with the Earth, even if it means having to blow them up in space. Quote, as part of the creation of a monitoring system and information support for the safety, safety of space activities in near-Earth space, there it is. There's a clue, folks. Let me read that one again. Listen carefully. As part of the creation of a monitoring system and information support for the safety of space activities in near-Earth space, we plan to launch the Russian Center for Small Celestial Bodies, whose main task will be to detect and track celestial bodies approaching Earth. Igor Bakaris, a senior official at Roscosmos subsidiary T.S. Nimash, told the Russian-owned news agency Sputnik. So let me stop and point that statement out once again. As part of the creation of a monitoring system and information support for the safety of of space activities in near-Earth space. What they just told you was that much of this is really about protecting commercial assets in space. In other words, what they're really telling you, this is about the militarization of space to protect those assets, and that same technology can do double duty to try to defend the Earth against asteroid impacts, all right? Now, let me continue a few paragraphs down in this article. Roscosmos, the Russian equivalent of NASA, wants to work out if it's possible to destroy celestial objects, not asteroids, <laughs> celestial objects, or steer them onto new tra trajectories and away from Earth. This could involve, remember Medvedev's comment, well, we have other means of getting rid of asteroids. This could involve slamming a kinetic impactor into the rock or using a satellite to drag it onto a new course. Nukes, 
could also be sent into space to blow up the rocks. Now, quite frankly, a much more efficient way, if you're going to destroy celestial objects, <laughs> would be a kinetic impact. Or in other words, what they're also talking about here, folks, is rod of God technologies. And if they're big enough to take out a, a space rock or celestial objects, they'll be big enough to do considerable damage if they target targets on the surface of the planet. Okay? Getting the picture. All right. Let me continue. In 2018, the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy released a new report titled, quote, The Near National Near-Earth Object, there it is again, Preparedness Strategy and Action Plan, unquote. So Russia and the United States are talking the same language here. It's not just asteroids, folks. It's objects, okay? The 18-page document outlines the steps that NASA and the Federal Emergency Management Agency will take over the next 10 years, both to prevent dangerous asteroids from striking the Earth and to prepare the country for the potential consequences of such an event. In other words... If an asteroid comes slamming in at 55,000 miles an hour, it could also be used to explain what? Kinetic impacts from Rod of God technology, although those would be moving much faster than asteroids, but they might have the signature of burn through the atmosphere. Maybe U.S. officials suddenly decided last year that having a plan for incoming giant space rocks was a great idea. And maybe the Russians decided that it was such a great idea <laughs> that they should copy us. And, of course, as I pointed out, no, the Russians aren't copying. They, this was in their plans uh, many years ago, as Prime Minister Medvedev let everybody know. It goes on to say, the truth is that NASA has not even identified most of the giant space rocks that are floating around out there. For example, back in July a very large asteroid came very close to hitting us. A 427-foot-wide asteroid whizzed within 45,000 miles of the Earth on Thursday, and while that may sound far away, 45,000 miles is what astronomers consider a close shave. It's less than 20% of the distance between the Earth and the Moon. This was the closest we've come to an Armageddon-like scenario in the last few years. If that asteroid had actually hit our planet, it would have been the worst disaster that any of us have ever seen by a very wide margin. And according to leaked emails, officials at NASA only knew about it the day before it whizzed by us. Traveling at 55,000 miles an hour and measuring 426 feet by 187 feet, NASA only realized that 2019 OK, that's the number of the asteroid, was coming 24 hours before it passed. Now, let me stop my read of his article. As I say, I will link the rest of it for you uh, when this posts. But notice the first thing they're going to have to do is come up with new detection technologies. And those new technologies, since standard optical telescopes don't seem to be doing an adequate enough job, what I suspect they're going to do is develop very, very sensitive uh, 
gravitometric sort of devices to do this, to detect uh, modulations in gravi gravitational acceleration and so on in different regions of space, because this will be the best way to do it. And of course, that means for those really paying attention, that they're going to have to figure out a way to use longitudinal waves in the medium to do this. And that means a hefty technology boost. And if they get that means of detection, they also have a pretty sophisticated means of diversion or destruction. But in the meantime, rod of God technology will do. Now let's go back to another context here. Many of you are probably familiar with the affidavit of Carol Rosen that was published in uh, Stephen Greer's book called Disclosure many, many years ago. And in that affidavit, Dr. Rosen states that when she was familiar with Dr. Werner von Braun, when they were both working at Fairchild Industries, he told her, and this is way back in, in uh, the early 70s, folks, he told her that the plan for weaponizing space would first be we got to do it to protect ourselves from the commies. Then we have to do it to protect ourselves from terrorists. Then we have to do it that, to protect ourselves from nations of concern. Then we have to do it to protect ourselves from asteroids. And the final step will be we have to do it to protect ourselves from ET. And I note the language that both Russia and the United States are using is celestial objects, not necessarily asteroids. It could be anything. So in other words, they're already choosing a form of language that will allow them to modify why this build-out of a planetary defense system is necessary. First asteroids, then other kinds of objects, meaning ET. So in other words, what we're looking at is really kind of an excuse to weaponize space and to, in the Russians' words, to protect space activities in near-Earth orbit. So in other words, they're already talking about the weaponization of space. And I want to mention one more thing here as a possibility as to what's going on. We've seen for the last maybe decade or so, perhaps a little bit longer, an increasing amount of stories talking about all the wealth on some of these asteroids that is there for the taking if we can just go out there and get it. And I suspect that part of this technology that they're talking about being used to divert or destroy asteroids is also a technology that, with modification, can be used to mine them. And that technology would include any sort of uh, gravitometric technology that they might be developing to track asteroids, which is a technology that, with suitable enough modification, as I've indicated, might be capable of destroying them or steering them, okay? That's key. This is why I put the emphasis on, on the detection. So this is um, a really interesting article. It's quite a way to kick off the new year because the asteroid apocalypse uh, is supposedly coming but it's also a very convenient way to weaponize space and pursue other agendas. So I will link this article for you. Uh, Happy New Year. <laughs> and we will be off and running with blogs next week. 
So anyway, folks, I want to thank all of you again that kept up sending the articles during the Christmas break. Uh, I want to extend Daniel and my uh, wishes to all of you for a happy and prosperous new year. We'll see you next week when the blogs resume. Don't forget to look at the vid chat schedule that I just posted. Anyway, that's it, folks. Bye-bye. I'll see you on the flip side, and God bless.